I'm Dr. Angela. And I'm Candace. And we are the hosts of the Just Be Real Sis podcast. Yes, we are. Do you guys believe in the power of collaboration over competition? We do. Why? Because we're two successful women who know that we are an unstoppable force, especially when we align and focus on what really matters most in life. And so we live our lives this way every single day because we know that the most impactful outcome is a collective win. We believe that women can and should win together. We understand that growth and success, that they're the goals. And we love to live boldly. We love to live authentically and we live unapologetically. So we encourage you to do the same. We embrace our strength, but we also respect our vulnerability. We provide a safe space for ourselves and for others to be genuine, to be celebrated, but most importantly, to be valued. And we never miss a chance to use our voices to highlight people and issues that align with our mission of authenticity and commitment to humanity, because it isn't about being impressive. It's about being impactful. And so we understand the need for real conversations from diverse perspectives because we're more alike than we are different. And when we share our stories, we create the opportunity for mutual understanding and alignment. And guess what? We know that inclusion and honesty, that there are superpowers. And so we don't build walls, we tear them down. The only requirement to join us is just be real, sis. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Just Be Real Sis podcast. We are so excited to be with you for another amazing episode. You all are in for a treat. Hi, sis. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. We are still here recording in a pandemic, but we are getting it done, right? Amen. How excited are you about today's guest? I've been waiting on this. It is going to be phenomenal. It's going to be such a great conversation, but I'm super excited to answer your question. Yes. So let's get to it. All right. So today's guest, you all, is the one, the only Joy Brown. So let me tell you who Joy Brown is, if you don't already know. Um, Joy Brown is the Senior Vice President of Brand Partnerships at Atlantic Records. She is a proud HBCU grad of Howard University, founder of Culture Creators, and a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Had to say that. Hey, Joy. (laughs) Her job is to create partnerships between your favorite artists and the brands that you all know. Her goal is to pair talent with brands in order to create an impact um, wonderful campaigns. So she's worked with several artists that you know, including Cardi B, T.I., Lizzo, Sting, Sean Paul, just to name a few, and the brands that she has partnered with. There's a list as long as my arm, y'all, but we'll give you a few. I'll try to pack it into a few seconds. Uh, Microsoft, Pepsi, Verizon Sis, (laughs) Tidal, Apple, MasterCard, McDonald's, Colgate, L'Oreal, Twitter, uh, several. Shall we go on? But she is also a member of the Warner Music Group's Global Brand Council, which helps brands develop their music brand globally and their strategy. So that's her as the professional. Let me tell you who she is as the person. Uh, Joy is real. She is genuine. She has a heart for service. She is driven. She is brilliant. She is inspirational. Joy is the truth. And I am so very proud. We are so very proud to have her here and call her friend. Um, And she does all of this being the mom to two amazing girls. So Joy, welcome to the Just Be Real Sis podcast. 
Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited. Welcome, Joy. We're so happy to have you today. Thank you, Candice. And can I call you all sis? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Let's get right into it, Joy. So thank you so much for joining us um, today. Again, super excited. Um, we love to ask a lot of, you know, questions here um, and we keep it real. And, and sis talks about you being the truth. So we just bring it and we just come right out the gate with, with these okay. type of questions. So um, the, the first question that we have is, you know, what assumptions do people mistakenly make about joy? Ooh, that's a you go. Oh, you came out the gate like that. Out the gate. Oh, whoa! It's gonna get better from here. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It was interesting. I was on a call last night with um my uh, chapter sorors, and we were talking about that. Like, what you know, what were some assumptions that people made about you in undergrad? And so it made me really think about that in general. Um. I, you know, I like to, I think that when people first meet me, you know, I, I am an introverted extrovert. And so um, I think people think I am not friendly. Sometimes I have a resting face, you know, they, they call that. Um, and it's just because I'm deep in thought. And I think that sometimes, I think that people don't understand that my depth I think they just judge a book by its cover and say, oh, well, you know, she's in music or she's as this, she's flashy. She really doesn't have any depth. She um, may not have a grasp on spirituality, you know, um, or they may think I'm conceited, you know. Um, but, you know, it's interesting because those things used to really bother me. Um, and I'm in a place now, I'm so comfortable in my skin, I really don't care. I, I think those who know, know, and those who don't will either figure it out or they're just, we're not, they're not my cup of tea. I love that. Um, early on in my career, people would always say, you're so aggressive or you're so intimidating. And now I change that language with, no, I'm just bold. I'm just not apologetic. And so, yeah, for, for you to uh, worry about what other people think when they haven't even, you know, really taken the opportunity to understand the depth of the person, then that's on them. So that that's so good. It's a so, loss. Yeah. It's a loss. Yeah. I think I think it's a loss when people don't mm -hmm. don't even have a conversation with you and just mm -hmm. you know, judge a book based by its cover. I mean, yeah. I, and and it's it's actually unfortunate because I'm such the opposite. I am. I love meeting new people. I will talk to strangers. I may not approach you first, but I will talk to you. And I I tend to welcome everybody. I I fashion myself a people person even though I'm an introvert at, at, at some points, but like I enjoy, I enjoy talking to people and getting to know them and getting to know the story because I truly believe there's always something that connects us all. And when you don't take the chance to, uh, you know, go a little deeper with someone or, or really hear them out or don't show up with like these preconceived notions of who you think they are or how they'll be, then you, you miss out on a chance of connecting. Yeah. No, I'm so glad you said that you're the complete opposite because if you didn't say it, I was going to say it because that couldn't be further from the truth. Like you are so welcoming, like you are really, you have a heart for people. And so I think to your point, a lot of times people will just look at the surface and then they'll make their decisions and they move on, but they miss out. Like they miss out on so much because there is so much depth to who you are. 
and what you bring to the world way outside of um, your career, but just as who you are as a person. So I wanted to make sure we clarify that there's nothing about you that's conceited um, or not uh, lacking concern and care for another person. So that's so good. Jim's already sis, and we're just getting started. <laughs> Look, we have our pen, you know, Joy. Uh, get your notebooks out for our listeners. Uh, this will be an episode you definitely want to take notes on. So here's a shift. What has been your proudest moment to date? Hmm. You know, it's hard to think of just one moment. I think um, I've been blessed with so much that I feel like I shortchanged myself to one moment. Um, but I'd say my proudest moment is when I see my, my children care about other people because it lets me know that no matter what they've been exposed to, no matter um, you know, what, what happens amongst their peer group, that they really genuinely care about people in the world. And that lets me know that I, at least I'm showing them a good example. You know, my kids will take, and this is the, the truth, they will take their last money and give it to a homeless person. They will take their dinner and give it away. They will give their clothes away. They have no attachment to any material things and they don't like to see other people hurt or go without. And while that's beautiful, it's been like, okay, I have to teach them the balance. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, honey, money don't yeah. want freeze. We can't give everything away, you know? But, but though it was, that, it was a moment when they actually were very small. Um, when I taught them about, you know, kids not having Christmas mm -hmm. and all they wanted to do was give away their toys and, and go shopping for other kids. And so, and they're still that way. And so, when I even watch, you know, I'm on to the social media, when I see my daughter posting about Black Lives Matter, when I see her talk, um, posting about trans lives matters and, and indigenous women. And I was like, you know, my kids get it. You know, they are in, they understand the plight of people and, and, and the humanity uh, and what, what it means to be, a, to be a servant for humanity. And so that, that's my proudest moment. Yeah, they get it from their mama. Oh. <laughs> character you. building um, yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's, that's character building um, so let, let's shift a little bit here and, and this actually does really go into that and, and leading by example and modeling behavior you know for our daughters sis and I say all the time we, we do this podcast because you know our daughters are listening they're watching us and mm -hmm. you have had decades of success in an industry that regularly has to reinvent itself so how have you stayed true to you? You know, I have learned the hard way is that I can't be afraid to use my voice because actually it's my voice and my point of view that separates me from everybody else. And in that process, because I found power in my voice, I've also found power in who I am. And so I don't, I, I'd say that, you know, I am not my job. I'm not what I do, you know. Um, I think I bring more to the table um, 
as Joy Brown outside of Atlantic Records than I do as Joy Brown, the Atlantic Records executive. And so I think with that, with, the, with those, that type of balance in place, I think that it's, you know, I, I just, I just unapologetically lead and, and a comfortable in, in what, and who I am. I think I hope I answered that right. No, you did. Like, that was the perfect segue. Because as you were talking, I was thinking when you and I first met, we knew nothing about each other. Mm-hmm. Like, we connected just on uh, energy, like on the things that we were putting out into the world. And so to your point, when I initially encountered you, it wasn't as joy, the executive. I, I had no idea. And it was still like very organic, an amazing uh, connection still is now you know of course we have sense too it was we yeah. were very we were very like it was no it was no like it, i just felt like it was no pre, 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 it was, what was the word it, we we were very honest with who we are we were very, we were very transparent we were very authentic in our response it wasn't about oh i'm dr angela and i'm this and i'm not it was it was like what did you think about this and i was like and what do you think you know it was really i would i would say you know, i'm work i'll tell you what i'm working on later but I want women to lead with their mind and their hearts. Mm. And I, when we open up in that and operate in that space, it creates a, a safe space for us to connect as women. And I think that's what you and I attracted because we, we met each other just because we liked what each other posted on, on social media. Exactly. And this is, it is. And she was like, you know, and then I would, that is just, and you're not the first one, but like, it's just the power of, you're right, the power of the energy we put out because I loved what you put out. And I was like, you know, I started following her and I was like, oh, I love this woman. This is great. This is, you know, speaks to my spirit, you know? And so to, to get on the phone with you, we connected with our hearts and our heads in yeah. a spiritual sense where, you know, none of the other stuff mattered. Yeah. And that's what it's all about because that's the thing that lasts. And when it comes down to it, Sis and I talk all the time about the things that we've learned in the pandemic. And I think that's one of the major lessons, um, that it is about human connection and all of that other stuff, part of it, but it's not the most important thing. So it's interesting that you raised the point of owning your voice, because that goes into our next question. Alignment is happening already, sis. (laughs) But we've been talking about owning your voice, and we saw Senator Harris so eloquently in the debate say, I'm speaking. So what advice would you give someone who may be struggling to find their voice? And how have you solidified your seat at the table for over two decades? Ooh, okay, so let me break that down. I'm gonna do the second first, okay? So solidifying my seat at the table. You know, I never feel like I solidified my seat at the table. I feel like the table's always changing and the table's always shifting. And so I'm having to figure out that table. And um, in the process of figuring out that table and, and then also constantly working on who I am, you know, who am I? You know, that's not, I don't think that's a question that someone should ever be able to answer definitively. I think it's a, it's a changing narrative. I think it's, you know, who I am this year is not who I was last year. Um, and I don't have a desire to be the same person all the time. Um, I think giving ourselves allowances to shift, to grow, to stretch, to make mistakes, to fail, to learn from them, um, 
is how we're able to, when, when that table shifts, we're able to go with it because we're going with the tide. We're not stuck where we are. Um, and, and we're allowing ourselves to say, okay, this shifted. Okay. I, you know, I, because I'm changing and growing and learning, I'm able to like show up differently as, as the table changes. And I think that each time, um, that that table shifts, I think another part of it too, is just relationship building. I think it's really important and it, and, it's, and to be really honest with you, it's an area that I, I'm weak in. I need to do better. Um, you know, I think it's important to, I learned very late in the game, the power of just using your relationships for yourself. I've used them for work, but I've really kind of never used them for like any personal project or anything that I have my heart set on. I learned that, you know, I used it late in life. But I understand now that, you know, the diff, I think the where we fail sometimes as Black women is that we are afraid to take chances on the people we know and make that call. Um, and you'd be surprised who's in your corner. And sometimes it's just a matter of you asking. And so I think between those two things, that's kind of helped me um, always find a seat at the table somehow. You know, when I heard you say, I, mean, I think that was just something that I, I had to write down for sure, but that's something that I've not thought about when you said the table is always, um, you know, shifting and it's a new table. And I think that what, you know, so many of us, we do is we, we find that we're trying to secure our seat at this table. And then once we get there, we want to just hold on to it. But what you're talking about um, is evolution of self. So we're having to change as that table is changing. And, you know, one of the things that um, in, in Verizon that we have recently been talking about is the subject of race. And it's been really interesting because um, when I first started, uh, three things that we were told that we can never talk about in corporate America was politics, race, and religion. And so now we're starting to see that companies are asking people, we want you to show up as your most authentic self. Well, the reality is, do you really? Because do you know what you're about to get? Meaning, you know, for me, I can remember I would listen to gospel music um, headed into work, but then the moment that I would get out of the car, um, I, it's not that I would have to tuck God away, but I wasn't talking about God in, in the workplace where now I will, hallelujah, amen, let me pray with you. Um, and not really knowing if it's the right thing to do, but it's the right thing for me to do. So you're starting to see what I feel is this blend of us showing up as ourselves. So you have found multiple ways to align your profession with your passion. So please tell our listeners a little bit about uh, Culture Creators and really what inspired you um, to create that program. Um, so Culture Creators is a platform that I created about five years ago with the idea of bring, one, bringing people together. Um, you know, in an entertainment business, when I got into the entertainment business was on the telling of its heyday. And, you know, it was, it was robust with money. So there were conferences all the time. There were opportunities, there were parties all the time. So it was a lot of opportunities to like, you know, rub elbows with, you know, senior leadership. There was always opportunities to network and, you know, move, navigate your way by getting to know people through these conferences and meetings, whatever. Well, you know, when the digital era hit and like, you know, email became the way we, you know, we talked to one another and, and then music took a big hit financially, the first thing to go away were those opportunities. And so um, I think I benefited on having, having learned, you know, and, and rubbed elbows with people and, and could identify who the senior leaders of color were in the business and could get access to them. Uh, well, you know, fast forward, you know, 12 years 
and that, that doesn't exist. And then you have a whole new regime of young people of color coming into the business who don't know, don't have an idea of, you know, those who came before, but honestly don't know how to navigate outside of emails or Instagram, you know, um, the way they approach, uh, asking for mentorship, the way they approach jobs, um, it wasn't really realistic. And I had a rotating, uh, I have a black couch in my office. It was like a rotation, like young people come in, sit down, talk about the problems, come in, next one, come in. And it, and I looked at all of their issues were really similar. You know, they didn't, they weren't sure their voice. They weren't sure how to show up in a room and they weren't sure how to get there. And so, um, for a lot of it, it was, you know, let me, figure out a way to bring us all together. Let, let me show them that our people do short for, for, for each other. And so um, I threw a big party in New York um, and people like flew in. I mean, it was packed. And it was, it was called Culture Creators because literally how I came up with the name is I was doing a flyer and it was, it was bringing people who work behind the scenes who create culture. And then it was too much text. So I kept editing, editing. And I said, we're going to call them culture creators. And that was it. And um, so then that was in New York. And then people from LA were like, oh my gosh, you have to do it around Grammys. You know, it was incredible. I heard about it. And still, I didn't know really what the platform was. I just, again, I started because I wanted to bring people in entertainment, especially of color together, because we don't have those opportunities. So I did it again in LA around Grammys. And it was amazing. That's when I realized, oh, this is something. Because then I had like Diplo and Skrillex and SZA and Chris Rock in the room. And none of them were invited. Because really, this was just for people, again, people behind the scenes who drive culture. Um, and then it just made me think about it. Like, you know, how much, how hard, and it's especially entertainment and, and across a lot of industries, how hard we work behind the scenes to create these platforms, to create these ideas, to create these, to innovate and no one knows who we are. And so what I wanted to do was to celebrate those who, who, who go nameless, who, 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 who you know, you, they, you see what we do on the Grammy stage or BET stage, but no one knows that someone else sat up night, countless nights, missed time with their children to put that, pro, to put all that together for the artists to get on the stage and not to get thanked. And so I just wanted to make sure I made space and celebrated people, one, why they're still alive, and two, let's, let's talk about people who are doing it because we need to know each other, right? We can't help each other, we don't know each other. And so that's, that's how Culture Creators started and has grown since then. I just it, wanted to say thank you. I, thank you for that. Thank oh, you. Oh, you're welcome, thank yeah. and, you. And know, you know, I started from music and when I realized when I did my our first awards brunch, it was really music based. And then I sat in that room and when I tell you that room was so powerful, people, we were in tears because it was like, we don't ever, we don't celebrate each other. Like just like, you don't have to be, you know, this big star to get celebrated. Let's celebrate the people who sacrifice a lot, you know, to, to make the world what it is. Mm -hmm. uh, and I real and I realized when I looked in the room, I was like, this is bigger than music. I said, you know, this happens in tech, this happens in business, 
It's every happening. industry. You, yeah. you think about the pandemic is really revealing that. We see who the true heroes are now that we're going through this pandemic. We see these people and it's like, wait a minute, it's because of you that I'm able to move forward because you're putting in the work that other people would never put in. And you do it without any recognition or, or any you know, sort, of, sort of notoriety. And, and I, I've seen that in this pandemic. So many people, it's like, okay, I get it. Like, those are the real heroes right there. And it's countless industries. Right. And then sure. imagine our children who, like, again, we talk about our children, our daughters watching. So my, my thought was, if I can celebrate these people, the, I know the young people are watching us. Then all we're doing is we're creating a table for them. We're creating a seat, mm-hmm. doors opening for them. So now they know where to go to follow. Because when I looked back on people applying for jobs in Black music, they weren't Black. And not that that's a bad thing, but if we have to take charge of our narrative, we have to be at, we have to drive our culture. We can't give the, the, the driver's seat to someone who, who has, you know, who doesn't understand us. That's, you know, like I, I could, I could talk about what it's like to be, you know, I could talk about Judaism. Right. But I'm not, I'm not Jewish. Right. And I don't walk in those shoes. And so, it's kind of like you have to, we have to make sure that we're getting our brown and black children an opportunity. And the only way we're going to do that, if they know it, if they know that um, we exist. And so, and, and it's not just whoever's popular on Instagram or, you know, or what to, who, who you see on TV. So there's so many, and you know, I get calls all the time, like, oh, my daughter wants to get into music. And I'm like, don't call me about getting a record label. There's so many options to mm-hmm. play music is a passion point music is everywhere did yeah. you have to be creative yeah no we're sitting here and we're smiling because that was really the motivation behind creating this podcast we said we looked around and we're like okay there's certain conversations that we have with one another but we've not had them you know on a larger scale where other people can benefit from some of the ideas or some of the people that we know and so we're like if we don't see it let's create it and here we are and so we understand exactly what you mean. And so to, to expand the way of thinking about the music industry, to your point, most people see the person that's out front, but once again, that speaks to your heart. You're like, no, it goes, it's way deeper than that. Like there are a lot of people um, that play a role in this whole production that is the music industry. So that was so good. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for recognizing you too, sis, um, the people that often are not uh, put in the spotlight. So, and I have to give uh, my own personal opinion of culture creators. I had an opportunity to participate with the HBCU arm of culture creators. Amazing. Like still in contact with those kids now, months later. And so thank you for having the vision to create that part of the um, vision that you had, it's, it's impacting lives in a major way. So keep going. We're supporting you and cheering you on for sure. So here's a question, Joy. Mm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) what is the one thing that you wish people knew about you, but never ask? Hmm. Hmm. That's a really good question. You might have got me some. What's the one thing I want them to know about me that they never asked? Hmm. How am I feeling? 
Can we get a sis, please? Um, can we get an amen and a hand clap across the board? Yes. O M G. Yes. And do you know why we purposely, like sis and I say this all the time to one another, we purposely do that because when you are the person that people come to for the answers, for the connection, for the solution, that's what it becomes. Mm-hmm. And nobody ever stops to ask, are you good? Mm-hmm. So you, you do it all the time. You are so amazing with that. Yeah. Well, but, it's intentional. Yeah. Cause I know nobody asks. No. Um, since it's the same way, nobody asks. And so we do it for each other. Um, and we should do that more often because it takes so much to be a Joy Brown in the world. Mm-hmm. So much. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Oh, that was so good. So listen, y'all, this is the takeaway. It says, let's get a takeaway in the middle of the conversation. Check on your strong friends. Mm-hmm. Ask them how they are doing. Check in for no reason. Just let them know you're thinking about them. It goes so far and goes such a long way. So if we take nothing else away, that's a major takeaway. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting because I was just writing about that this morning. About, um, because again, it's World Mental Health Day. Um, and, you know, this perception of strength, you know, and this perception of strong, a strong woman. And I think that we have to let that go. You know, it sounds great. Um, but I think it's, it's, it, it's something that limits us when we put like, we, 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 we it's almost like say I'm perfect. No one's perfect. No one's strong all the time. And um, I think if we're honest as women with each other, you know, we're not, there's, I have lots of weaknesses. I have lots of times when I am not strong, you know, and, and, and um, just like I think Dr. Angela, when we were talking on Valicia's thing, when I was talking about, you know, one thing I realized what I was doing to my girls was perpetuating the same kind of, okay, I'm a strong black woman. I'm strong, you know, and we, what we do is we don't create a space for them to show up and say, I'm struggling. And for me, I had to stop and say, this is a problem. I'm doing it. I'm passing this down to them. And so I had to go back to them and say, you know, I made a mistake. I've been showing you that um, I've been okay with the divorce. I said, but you know what? Mama used to cry in the shower because I didn't want you to hear me crying. Mm. Because I thought I had to show you what strength looked like and that you, because I wanted you to know you're going to be okay. Mm. And you know what my daughter said to me? She goes, mom, you seem like the type of woman that would do that. And so, and, 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 and for there, it, it opened, it created a safe space for us to talk about it. And I had to tell her, I said, I don't know everything. I said, parenting is by far the hardest job I've ever had to do. This doesn't come with a manual. Every child is different. So I'm going to make mistakes. And I said to her, I said, all I want you to do is if you think that um, mommy's making a mistake or I'm not hearing you, find a special time and let's talk about it. Not when I'm disciplining you, because she likes to be like, well, my man, he's not you. No, when I, no, clean your room, do dishes, you know. But I said, you know, if you feel like, or, or write me a note, say, mom, I need to talk. Like, whatever way you need to reach out to reach me, 
I'm opening door to say that. But I think that it, you know, it, it took me a while to realize I was doing that because guess what? My mother showed that to me. You know, my grandmother did that. And I just want to stop that because we're hurting ourselves. We are. And, you know, we, we shared this on a couple of episodes back, that, that very thing that we have to, again, when we say our daughters are watching, they are, and they do see us. And, you know, we've had, you know, countless conversations around our, when, when they run into disappointment, and, and they can't be as strong as us, then we fail them because we haven't told them, hey, listen, I wasn't okay. I was crying. So I too have just started getting into the habit. And, and it's really funny because I'm, I'm an extremist. And so now I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. And they're like, well, can you give me any answers? And I, was like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I, you go figure it out. But, um, because, but what was a reality check for me one time, I did say, well, I don't know. I, I'm struggling with that. And, and one of my... Um, the children, they said, uh, what, you don't know something? So I've been painting this image, like I have it all pulled together. I know everything. I'm this super mom. And, and the reality is that that's not who I am at all. So let's, you know, um, look at some of these imperfections and then it'll allow them to do the same. So when they do run into something, it's not devastating. Uh, yeah, so really agree with that for sure. Yeah, I think also too, like, you know, mentally, I think it gives them permission to breathe. Like, you know, mom didn't get everything. Mom couldn't figure it out. Okay, so it's not the end of the world. Because at the end of the day, we still show them that we overcome. You know, we overcome, we figure it out. We're okay. You know, I survived the divorce. You know, I've survived things I've gone through and, and we're okay. Um, so again, for me, it was just letting, letting her know that this is a safe space. Like you don't have to, if you're hurting, hurt. It's okay to cry. It, you right. know, if, if something bothers you, it's okay. You're, you're allowed, you're entitled to your feelings. And I think when you, as a strong, being painted as a strong person, I, I think a lot of times, you know, people overlook the fact that at the end of the day, I have emotions. You know, I, I you know, I'm going to make it through because that's just who I am. But yeah, I, I, I have weak moments and I hurt just like you do. And I worry and, you know, th think, you know, things, I, I suffer setbacks. Um, things don't always, you know, go the way I want. And that's the thing about social media that I, you know, I just try to tell young people that it's just a snapshot of a second, of a moment. That's not someone's real life. Right. You know, we, and one of the things that I've done, Sis, of course, has done, she's done, you know, she, her book has come from her journaling. And um, one of the, the things that we've discovered about you is that you're also an amazing writer. And I, I always tell people you should journal and, and write and do more. And Did you see that look at Sis? Yes, Joy Brown, you are an amazing writer. You need to just own it, Sis. I, you know what, that is so funny because like my, my like, I, nah, I, I mean, oh, yes. Yes, yes. We Just are playing. Yes, Here's Just my question yes. for you. If you had to write a book today, what would the title be and why? Um, the Opposition to Love. Mm. I've actually been working on something. Okay, mm. tell us more. So, um, <laughs> so... So to me, the opposition to love really is about self-discovery. It's all about, to me, what it is within us that opposes love. Because, it, you know, we're, if, if there's one thing that connects 
all of us, black, white, whatever, is that we all want to be loved. We all want to give love and we all want to be loved. But how we go about that process of letting love in or giving love, there, there are things that we, you know, either our inner child or things inherently that we have that blocks that love. And so I like to explore what are the what are the things that opposes love that's around us, that's in us, you know, whether it's insecurity, whether it's trauma, whether it's, um, you know, inner, in, you know, not even recognizing your inner child. Like, I think that I don't know that Black women do enough talking about the inner child, you know, a lot of things that we a lot of relationships we get into is because we don't pay attention to her. A lot of things we allow ourselves to, to, to settle for or do is because we don't listen to her. And tapping into understanding how, not to say your parents were bad, because when I, when that's another thing, when I say inner child, people are like, oh, I don't have a bad childhood. It's not even that you had a bad childhood, is that our earliest, our, our earliest um, interaction with love is from our parents, from our caregivers, you know? And you know, when you, when you are born into this world, your, your parents don't own how you receive love or how you interpret it. You build that up yourself. And so if they, they're going to love you the way that they know how best to love. And sometimes as a child, you grow into your own, you may have some needs that, you know, aren't met. And that's not to say your parents are bad or they were not there or whatever. It's just, you are, you, you are who you are. You are who God made you. And where you're so uniquely different in, in that aspect is that sometimes things, you know, miss out, you know, we're not perfect. And so as being, I, I call it like, I'm still from Brene Brown, like the gifts of imperfection are actually our, our real big gifts, but those are also spaces where we need to tap into to understand what blocks the flow of love from one another. I think you should write that book. Um, because I know I've asked, you know, people in my life before, am I hard to love? Because sometimes I, I just feel like, you know, maybe I make it difficult to your point um, and not realizing what's causing that. And, and then I think affection, that's something that, you know, you, it's, it's a taught uh, skill. You have to hug on your children. You have to, to love on them constantly. And if you marry people or you're around people that have grown up in a house where no one is saying, I love you um, regularly, they may not may or may not say it um mm -hmm. and how they show it and express it could be could be different so i really think in all seriousness you were laughing but i think you need to to, to write it because i would buy I it to do that but you know I, I that that's something that i just I just i explore that for myself right and i explore that for myself i explore it for my children um just like again i talked about earlier like i'm always on a the on a discovery mode i'm always stopping to ask myself Okay, how am I showing up? You know, um, I had to apologize. It's interesting, I had to apologize to a, a girl the other day because, you know, and sometimes in when we show up in relationship to one another and one person causes a problem or you think you've been um, slighted, sometimes the way we interpret that blocks our love. And so mm -hmm. instead of saying, you know, I, I disagree with you, um sometimes we wanted to make our point and for me i i see me I, I i i didn't show up in a way that i should have and so i told her i said you know what i'm gonna be honest with you i didn't show up and love you the way that i should have and i apologize for that and there's no excuse 
I do have an excuse. I'm, I'm doing, I'm, I'm burning the candle both, both ends, but you can't say that when you're apologizing, you know? So I told her, I said, listen, I have no, it, I, I, I didn't do this right. And I'm just going to tell you from my heart, I apologize. And it was received. Now it's funny because two weeks ago, I got apologized for I apology from someone to me and their apology was, oh, I want to apologize for hurting you. Um, and I was like, okay, apology received, you know, that's cool. Da, da. But I want, but you know, not to say that you, because you mischaracterized me, you did it. That's not how you apologize, people. If you apologize, you have to put it, put your heart on the table, allow someone to stab it or let it bleed and, and walk away. And that's what my lesson I learned this year, I would say in 2020, I learned that, is that when we show up in relationship to each other and we want to make amends, you have to kind of, you have to be vulnerable enough to say, here's my heart, I'm sorry. And whatever you receive back, you can't retaliate against it. Mm. Heart posture. That is so good. So since I can't even believe that we're almost at the end of the conversation, but I have a bonus question I want to throw in. Oh <laughs> can you believe it? Like I'm sitting here quiet. I feel like I need to like uh, drop the cash app for the, the church that we just had. <laughs> Seriously. Well, you know, let me let me say this. It's so funny. So, so Dr. Angela knows about the church I go to, and so you know, it's all about showing how we all should show up and you know, and love one another, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, and and loving your enemy and what that looks like. And it's interesting because I really never thought about how to really love difficult people or love our enemies um, before like this past two years. And you know, it, and and because you were faced with that um it makes me stop and think about the way i interact with people who rub me wrong or or how i or how i look at other people and you know if i think if we all you know did that same kind of process in this world i don't know how racist how racism would exist because it allows you to stop and 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 ask yourself and 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 really I I really think that we owe it to ourselves to ask ourselves to take responsibility for our actions and how we show up because mm-hmm. I can't control how you show up but I can control how I show up so to ask myself how am I showing up to this mm-hmm. you know is it my energy is that off is it is it is you know is does this person rub me wrong because of some insecurity I have. Because if we're really, really honest with ourselves, if we're really, really fun- funky, it's all about, how, it's, it's us. And yeah. that person does, other person doesn't have any responsibility is that, that you know people are gonna trigger you, but if you react to it, it's on you. So Joy, you know, like one of my favorite things to say, and sis is gonna clap and she's gonna let, I say the ultimate strength is sometimes restraint. Mm-hmm. Mine is like, mine is silence is the ultimate answer. Sometimes silence is the best answer. You don't have to. And, you know, I, I was telling this, uh, I was going back and forth with, with this woman. And I was talking to, you know, love does not require us to be abused. That's not mm-hmm. love. I said, I can love you as a Christian should from afar. Knowing and, and pray for you and wish the best for you. But love does not require that you're in my my life, my life and in my circle. That's a trust circle. And it has to be earned. That part. That part. 
And um, boundaries, are, boundaries are expressions of love and people don't understand that. Mm -hmm. People... I just, but I, I just want to go back for just two seconds since I know you have a bonus question because I don't want to gloss over what you said about self-reflection because I'm listening to you and I can tell you've put in the work, right? You've really put in the work um, for joy. You're, you're making sure that, you know, how you show up in the world is so important and you're very intentional. You're very thoughtful. And, you know, I too, I'm just getting to a place where when I leave a relationship, I look back and instead of me, you know, in the past saying, okay, well, I tried to teach them this and they didn't. I'm like, well, what was I supposed to learn, Candace? What was I supposed to take away? And then my prayer is always to see people the way God sees them, not the way that I want to see them. Lord knows, because I don't, I, you know, but when you start, you know, showing up like that, things just, it's easier, quite mm -hmm. frankly. It just becomes easier. It's not, because it, to your point, I can love you from over there, you know? Um, it just it just gets a lot easier when you start thinking, well, maybe there was something I was supposed to learn. Now, let me, let me figure that out. Let me figure me out and so many people sis has a whole book get over yourself and move like mm -hmm. now what yeah. but but that's true and, mm -hmm. and if you read the book she talks about that because sometimes we'll sit in our own feelings and we're thinking and oh by the way that person is probably not thinking about you business that you have nothing to do with in the first place right you know and and and, and you know it's 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 really interesting because I I used to be one of the, I don't like conflict, first of all. I'm not one of those people. I don't I don't have a lot of conflict around me. I don't like the drama. I don't have any with girlfriend drama. Never, right? But when I run across like especially a woman who I can't get along with, it blows my mind because I I would I really I literally lay it on the table. So I'm just like. But then it made me, you know, then I always ask, how is God, God, this is a lesson. God, you know, he, God is tricky. He, you know, just yeah. when we think we got ourselves figured out, he gonna, uh, he gonna throw you a curveball. And so through it, like you said, Candace, I agree. You have to ask yourself, what, what am I supposed to learn in this situation? You know, and every, I, be, I so hardly believe every situation happens to you because it's a, it's a lesson in the blessing every single time. And even when you think that you're drowning or this relationship is, is, is over and it's, you're never going to recover, you're always going to come out stronger because there's always a lesson in the blessing. And you're going to repeat the same lesson when people do the same thing and be the same kind of people and have the same kind of drama in their lives is because you didn't learn the lesson. Look at yourself, take a step back, breathe and do the work since we need an applause machine so we can put applause after these um gems that are dropping <laughs> i feel like i need to be pushing an applause board like, like yes we are nodding so much listen so i'm we're going back and listening to this with our notes sis, because the truth is just, I told you all joy was the truth. So here's the bonus question, Joy, before we go into the lightning round. Okay. With success always comes sacrifice. sacrifice. So what has been the thing that you feel like you've had to sacrifice for your success? I love this question. And let me tell you how God works. You and I always align because... I'm doing so for my part woman platform. Guess what? What my question is? What always comes sacrifice. Tell me what um, what sacrifice you had along your journey. And I I will show you. I I'm gonna I'm screenshot it and send it to you from my my list. 
Wow. See, this, well, this happens a lot. <laughs> this happens a lot. It always happens. Okay. So yeah, I'll ask my, I'll, I'll answer my own question. Okay. So I feel like I sacrifice, well, I, I, I have a bunch of sacrifices. I say the most sacrifice that I feel like I um, made was, mm, I could have been further along in my career had I not had children. I sacrificed that, I guess, EVP C-suite track to be a mother. And I don't have any re regrets about it because I understand that that is, I, I'm, walk, I'm walking according to my purpose and I'm comfortable with that. And God put me here for a reason in, the, in this moment. And so at a time like this, I'm supposed to be here. So I'm not questioning that at all. But I do understand that when I made that decision, would it cost me? No, that, like that, that hits because um, we've had, we had a conversation the other night with Lonnie Phillips, who is um, the vice president of channel sales for Microsoft. Mm -hmm. And she shared, she'll be coming on the podcast too. She shared her journey and success and motherhood and what that looks like. And I think about sis, you know, being at the top of her game and her organization and being a mom. Um, and so it really is kind of saddening because motherhood is one of the greatest joys there is in life. And so to be put in a position where you feel like you have to choose, there's work for us to do there. Yeah. And I'd say like, you know, well, my kids are now 15. So this is obviously 15 years ago. Things are a lot better now. I don't have C-suite ambitions like that anymore, but I definitely, because you know what happens once I had children, my priorities changed. And you know, in music, it's easy to be go, 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 which I was before I had them. And then when they arrived, I was like, you know what? I want to be a present mom. I want to be a hands-on mom. I want to make sure that, you know, the school teachers know me, you know, I'm there, this, you know, and that, so I couldn't be at everything. I couldn't do everything. I couldn't go, 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 go. And I am okay with that. And I would say the one last thing is that the blessing through this COVID thing is I remember in January saying to myself, my kids are in their teen years. I only have a couple more years for them. I really want to be home more because I, you know, again, in my business, I go, go, go. Um, and then COVID hit. And this has been such a blessing for, in so many ways, just being home, still working, still go, go, go. Because mind you, sometimes I, I don't even get up to go to the bathroom for seven hours. But to even know that, you know, they can come upstairs and mime to me while I'm on a Zoom, or, you know, I can take a break and fix some lunch or, you know, those moments, I, you know, I would, you know, if I, if this didn't happen, I never had. So I, I think that it's such, this is a, such a time a blessing to have this season of spending time as a family has been invaluable. So yet again, alignment, because I was thinking that exact thing that was, I think secretly all of our wishes mm -hmm. is to be at home more and to figure out this work-life integration as I call it, because I know for me just a year ago, the conference calls that I would be on, I was the mom that was like, Shh, don't say anything to now 
they join the conference call. So mm -hmm. I think as you talk about how, how we've been able to change over the years, you're seeing that. You're seeing the real life of people. And now, you know, it, it's no big deal. It's, it's not a big deal to hear a dog bark. It's not a big deal to hear the doorbell ring. And the things that we used to back to that perfection model, we see that doesn't work. So I think secretly we all wanted to stay at home more. Um, mm -hmm. And now we've gotten it. Um, so real, real good stuff. Thank you so much for sharing, Joy. I, I cannot wait to go back. And to your point, sis, I can't believe how the time is just, it, it just flew by. Um, Joy, so if you would just stick around with us for a few more minutes and have some fun with the lightning absolutely. round. Absolutely. Okay, okay, because we love this part of it and we want you to just go with the first thing that comes to your mind. So sis is going to kick us off. So you ready, sis? Yes. Okay, so hip hop or jazz? hip-hop okay all right domestic or international international reading or netflix reading okay quiet or life of the party Ooh, quiet cooking or takeout takeout <laughs> I thought I knew the answer to that one already. <laughs> but Lord, I mean, I get so tired. No, I understand. So no, that was so good. So look, we cannot let you get out of here without um, telling our listeners how um, they can support what your current initiatives are, how they can follow you, find you, cheer for you, support you as we do. So how can we support um, if you could go and follow, um, it's at the culture creators on Instagram. Um, that's where we post our stuff. I would love to post our events, our HBCU stuff. We've got some great content coming up with an disempowered women platform. Um, yeah. And then you can go to culturecreators.com if you want to go there for um, more information. And yeah. And you know, Atlantic records, you know, stream our music. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Plug. No, yeah. listen, Joy. It's it's hard to even wrap up what has happened today because I, I know some people are going to be better as a result of this conversation. And so we cannot thank you enough for giving your time, giving of your talents, being so transparent with us. We are just be real, sis. And so we knew you would be the perfect fit for what we were trying to do. And you have just blessed us. And we know you're going to bless a lot of people when they hear this episode. So just thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. Thank and you. So thank much. you for having me. And thank you all for creating this platform for women to just be real. You know, we don't get many spaces where it's safe to to just let our hair down and and be honest and and not and, and be protected in the same in the same vein. So thank you and congratulations on all your success. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe and share so we can grow this movement. If you have show ideas or would like to be considered as a special guest, you can email us at justberealsis at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at justberealsispodcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. As always, remember to serve first, stay encouraged, be kind, and just be real, sis.